The following is a presentation of the Six Arrows Radio Network. Welcome to the Modern Christian Men Podcast with your host, Kale Nelson. So welcome back into this third installment of Modern Christian Men. Thank you for coming back, man. I, I tell you, uh, I've had some great communications with a lot of people so far, uh, but it's new, you know, and a new thing sometimes takes a little bit of time to get the traction started. So if you're digging the show, one thing you can really do to help me out is to tell somebody, whether you're sharing it in social media or telling your buddy at church, right? Maybe you know somebody who needs to hear this kind of stuff. They, they've, maybe they've been out of the church, or maybe they've never been to church or something. Send them this way. We, we just want to be here to communicate the goodness of, the, of, of Christ, man, with you and what he's doing in our lives and how we're facing what's ahead of us with him, partnering together with one another as we get through this thing called life. You know, it's, it's a great time to be here with you. I mean, I love podcasting. I was in radio, Christian radio, for about 10 years. And I missed it, so I started podcasting. The very first podcast I listened to was was called The Black Man with a Gun. But I stumbled into this podcast. The title just, I had to listen to it because the title just caught me, right? Turns out that it's hosted by none other than Ken Blanchard, the Reverend Ken Blanchard. Yeah, he's a pastor. He's an author. He's a speaker. He's a podcaster. He's worked to the CIA. He's been in the Marines. I mean, he's done it all. He's traveled the world. But most importantly, he's a very, very devoted husband, as well as a just awesome dad to his two kids. And I'm going to just drop you into this conversation that Ken and I were having. Uh, the recording kind of got mumbled. It had a Skype problem on the front end, but you didn't miss a whole lot other than just two cats catching up with each other. Now, Ken, honestly, is my brother from another mother. He says that I say that. I love the man. I mean, I've got nothing but respect for him. We just have such a good time hanging out, whether in person or just on Skype or texting or whatever. And I think you're going to fall in love with them as well. So let me stop right here. I'm going to put you right into the conversation with Reverend Ken Blanchard, and I'll be back at the end. Thanks again for listening to Modern Christian Men. Talking about getting on our knees and praying. And, you know, what is it, what's the old saying go? The church always grows in times of persecution. Yes, absolutely. I mean, is it really going to take us getting to a point where uh, we're the bad guys officially. I mean, kind of right now, we could be considered the bad guys, depending on who you ask. But, I mean, are we really going to have to get to the point where we're the bad guys before men and women and children in the in the body of believers? I hate to even say the church, but as believers, is, is that what it's going to take? History says so. Um, you don't miss your water till the well runs dry. Um, and time of plenty and time of, I mean, people think they got it all when they don't. What I see now is that the world is going to speed past a few people and make us consider what's important. And that's what God wants us to do anyway. Once we get our priorities straight, things are going to change for us, but not until then. You know, there's power in numbers. All this, you know, new America, we've, we've we've reached a new point in history here in the country. I see so many people binding together for things that are maybe important to them in in the grand scheme of things, as my buddy William likes to say. Uh, maybe not the most important thing that I consider, uh, but but they they really take it serious. You know, is it going to take us getting to that point 
to make us join together like that. And I'm not saying we need to just go march on Washington with, without a cause. I'm just saying, look at Sunday mornings. It's the most segregated day in America. We go to work with people of other colors, of other nationalities, of other, other faiths and whatnot. But you go to church, and the large majority of them, they don't look like our work. They don't look like where we go eat at restaurants. And, um, you know, we find so many things to split us up. I mean, couldn't the faith be there? Shouldn't the faith be there to bring us together? Yeah, totally. One day we'll get it together. We'll get it right. I mean, one of the best the best um, churches I've ever been into only had about twenty people, and each one of us represented a different country <laughs> in the world. That was that was the best church I was ever in, and it was it was a fluke that I even got there. Wow. Was this when you were in the service by chance? Yeah, it was. Um, I forget how I found this group. There was a group of believers that were in London, England. They met at this church that was pretty much condemned from World War II, but they had use of it. Mm. And we and we came together, and it was a representative from like 12 different countries in this place. That's awesome. Uh, English was the main language, but everybody spoke it a little different <laughs> with an accent. And it was the best church I've ever been in my life. And it was made up of people who loved Jesus, not worrying about who was sitting beside them. Yep. Ken, as a pastor— and leading a church, because you see it from the from the opposite direction. You know, when when you look out across a congregation, you see probably less white people. Like I, when I look across our church, I see less black people than I want to see there. And not trying to make this a race conversation, but man, as a leader of a body, uh, how do you encourage a change in that? That's one of those things that it grieves the spirit. Mm. Um, when you, when you know how it should be and it's not, and you try to convey that because see the secret to church growth is that sheep begat sheep. You have to have the lessons go down from the pulpit or not even down, but just it should be breast to breast and heart to heart. Mm-hmm. Everybody should feel the same thing, and people don't come with that. They they come broken. They come with issues and isms. The best you can do when you see it is try to make it change happen, but change is slow with people sometimes. Um, if you form a new church, you got a better chance to start on equal footing. But if you go into one that's already been established and has traditions and history, mm-hmm. you got a hard road to hoe. Of course, I'm from the deep south, born and raised and still here. You know, I've got things in my family's past that, that would appall most people. But I'm not my family's past. You know, I'm my family's future. And as I sit on the on the pew and I look down the pew I've got all these kids they they all look different they they're all well half they're, they're <laughs> how do you say this I got uh I got two adopted boys and I got uh one one birth son and and one birth and two birth daughters uh, they're all my children and it's people look at you like so are they yours too I'm like yeah they all mine <laughs> and, that's cool man yeah you know and I'm thinking I hear a pastor speak uh, we need to make this place hospitable to to bring folks of other backgrounds and histories that we don't necessarily agree with and they haven't grown up in the church or maybe they don't look like us or talk like us and and I keep hearing this message and I'm thinking the, the man at the at the podium loves everybody I mean he's just a tremendous pastor and I look around and I'm thinking He's not talking to me. Look at my family. You know, I I don't see life in the in the by using the glasses he's describing. And I'm thinking, what's happening? Am I in here with with people that I don't really want to be in here with? And I'm asking my wife this question. I'm asking my pastor this question because that's not me. You know, I don't see that kind of stuff, man. I see people. And I spent some time many years in the fire service, EMT, whatnot. And and I can guarantee you that if anybody is bleeding, it's all the same color. 
Yeah. yeah. You know, when I look out across my church body, I, it just hurts me, man, because I'm thinking, why do these adults in this building who say they are full of the love of Jesus Christ have to be told that we need to be accepting of other people? Uh, that just kind of astounds me, bro. Can you help me with that? Because I'm missing something. No, it's, it's, it's a couple of things and not all our faults. Uh, people naturally will go to people who look like them, yeah. who they assume have the same thoughts and cultures. It's like a survival thing that you would do if there was a bunch of people just thrown on an island. Um, when we're little, we separate into boys and girls. And then we get a little older, then we start looking at the boy and the girl. We want to be with them. We separate ourselves like all through life. Somehow the church has become really, really segregated on how we worship. Like, do we, are we um, flamboyant? Are we conservative? Are we loud shouting? Or are we going to be, keep our amens down? I mean, it's just, <laughs> it's so it's so many weird things that we've thrown in there. I've wrestled with that thing my whole life. And the internet has been my saving grace because now I don't have that restriction that I can just do the word and I can do prayer and folks can't see me. They assume and know because of who I am, the color, but I can reflect that back that I don't care what they are. And that's, that's been working. And that's a good point. Uh, the internet does offer that, that level of gosh, transparency is not the right word, but it, it does, does allow you to be someone else or maybe someone perceive you as something else. Uh, for instance, when, when I do my Skype calls, I like to not do it with video one because of the bandwidth issue but secondly if i can't see your face then then i'm going to really have to get how you're reacting out of you versus what i'm seeing with my face yeah and i think that as you know someone listening to this program they're getting the same thing they can't see our faces they can't see my hands flying around all over the place and you know you doing your look you do you know what i'm saying so yeah it's the same way I, i get what you're saying it makes a lot of sense and there's so many people out there ken who have been heard in church. And man, we could talk for a year about people being heard in church. I Amen. think that I don't I haven't been to a church that hasn't said, if you've been hurt in a church, this place is for you. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> it's like they but I think what would maybe come off better is if pastors, parishioners, leaders, deacons, people in the church, people that you work with that know you go to church, we would all benefit from just a little bit of love. <laughs> yeah. You know, For I mean, real. really, that's the if you break it down, that's what Jesus told us to do. You know, and that's the example he set forth. You know, he he set with the hurt and the broken and the and the ridiculed and the cast aside people. And what did he do? He loved them. And, and yeah. you know, I, I get this feeling that the people say they're full of the love of Christ. You know, that Christ resides in. I'm not questioning their salvation. That's not where I'm going there. What I am saying is, if if you've got His love in you, you're going to have to get past that self that's in you. To become like him because he loves all. He died for everyone. For God so loved the world, he gave his only son. The world, bro, is not white. <laughs> the world is not black, red, yellow, brown. We're a combination. Yeah, and I'm glad of it. Man, yeah. I mean, who would want to look like me? <laughs> I've, I've been I've been in the groups where it's just everybody that looks like me. Yeah. And I like the diversity. I like learning other cultures. I like eating other people's food. Mm. I, I, I love hearing jokes that like if I was in England, they got a whole sense of humor that's way different. And and I I just look at them like that was funny. Yeah. Oh man, I missed that one. <laughs> and then I would laugh at something, and they would just stare at me. And I thought, 
yeah, this is this is enriching my life. I'm getting a chance to learn yeah. about other people, and that's just that's just great. So, what are some things that we can do? I mean, because the battle is continuing to rage around us. You know, the evangelicals thought that after the election, everything was going to be okay, and we could just all take a deep breath, and you know, they're going to overturn Roe v. Wade the first three days in office, and all this garbage. Uh, but the rhetoric is still there; it's still growing; it's it's still festering. Is there an easy answer, or is there at least somewhere we, as Christian men, can start to begin affecting change in our society? It's always a battle raging every day. The secret to it all is one plus one. If each man would just grab one friend and befriend, be a man of honor, a man of integrity, a man that you would respect and want to listen to, grow a relationship with your brother. You work on that example because that's how we follow. Men follow by strength. We don't like weakness. Mm. Once you get to that point, then you can introduce what makes you strong, your faith, your belief. And then that, that guy that you've been walking with, talking to, who's trusting you now and everything else will see Jesus for the first time. Sometimes Sometimes we're the first Bible anybody ever sees, but we don't get we don't get a chance to to witness that because we throw it at them too fast. We we want to slap them with the book. We want to bring them to our church, and they're not ready for that yet. You got to start one on one. You got to just each one has to reach one, and that's how we bring them. I was thinking the other day, Ken, about how how you and I got connected, which is pretty hilarious. And then we got our brother Lloyd down in the deep south, and between Lloyd and myself is Michael, and it's kind of funny how you know you just kind of meet one. And you, you meet another guy and you meet another brother yep. and you realize, yep. well, we all in this thing together. And yeah. it doesn't have to be the first thing that someone sees, of course, should be emanating from you at all times. You know, being being that man, you know, that's the hardest thing it seems like right now in the world to do is just to be a man and, oh, and, and man. confident in your manhood. You said it there. Woo. I mean, I just want yeah. to be who, who I was called to be to the best that I can be relish in my weakness because I know that's where he's really strong. He is the strongest when I'm the weakest. Yes, yeah, it's, it's, it's some strange times where real men are hard to find. Um, people will kind of give up on themselves or not speak up because they don't want to be ostracized for being right. Mm -hmm. um, there is a left and a right. There is up and a down. People want to be in the middle. They want to be lukewarm. They want to be safe. And that's not the way we're made. Yeah, you're right, man. You're right. And that's a challenge. I mean, I, and I guess some people say, well, it's easy for you, Kel. You haven't been working in, you know, outside of the home in the last 13 years. Well, that's the truth. I haven't. But I've also uh, started a couple of businesses that I've had to go and be outside the home to uh, participate in those businesses. I, I run a couple of online businesses that puts me in connection with people from all over the world. I have friends like Ken Blanchard that I follow his business and, and we keep up with each other. I mean, I'm communicating, I'm participating, I'm a part of the world that we're living in. You know, I just, I sit around and I just wonder sometimes, why do we feel, like you say, compelled to stay there in the middle? I just, I, you know, I want to be able to encourage men to, to get past that. Let's go past that, man, because uh, the time for being lukewarm is done. Yeah, no, nobody really likes lukewarm. You don't want a, a half a half hug you don't mm -hmm. want you want hot or cold and you don't even have to get biblical just think personally yeah. do you want somebody to just say hey man how you doing all right, i'm all right that <laughs> that that doesn't go anywhere you want somebody to go man how you doing i haven't seen you in a long time and, and they grab you you want a hug you want to feel yeah. it. It's, yeah. it nobody wants that just uh <laughs> but we've used we're used to that yeah. we think that's what we're supposed to be and we need more passion we need more people to be real so tell me, Ken, how uh, <laughs> you're a passionate guy. I'm a passionate guy, so it's easy for us. What are some things that you do or you encourage people that you know 
when you were raising your son, getting him up. Uh, what are some of the things that you do did to encourage men to embrace who they are and to be able to share that passion with what God created them to be to others? Got to talk. You got you got to. You got to speak louder than the television. You got to mm. speak louder than than the media. There's a lot of people telling your kids how to be, and you got to talk louder than they are. And you got to talk more persistent than they are. They're getting bombarded with cartoons that are not cool. They're getting bombarded with games, and I mean everything that's that's being put out there is against your family, against what you believe in, against your faith. So men have to speak louder than the noise. But men have to be determined sure. to do that. Sure. I mean, it's not sure. like you can just say it and, oh, yeah, I'm done, kind of a thing. No. Conversation. Like, sometimes we think as men that we're not supposed to be talkers, that it's, you know, it's cool to be like John Wayne <laughs> and be the strong, silent type. But communication, man, is, is everything. Even when the kid can get past the latch key and let themselves out or, and cook their own food, they need guidance. They, they're, they're not sure. Take every day until they leave your house as a teaching time. Um, there's nothing that's off limits. Have discussions. Um, make a, a way that your son, your, your daughter knows that I can tell dad anything. I can talk to him. I'm not sure because, of course, they're going to be teens and preteens and they're going to try you. And they know everything already because they got it out of Google. But you have a secret that they're not really sure of is that they will listen to you. They do trust you. Um, there's a small element even behind all that crazy hormonal stuff that's going on in their head that you are the source. And we got to step up to the plate and be the source. To me, that sounds like a blueprint for what I'm working on here. But it just at the same time, I've got family. I've, I've got friends. And, man, it's like they're checked out 24-7. And their kids are just plugged into their phone or their friends or they're at somebody else's house. I understand you got to work for a living. I understand you're busy. I understand that you feel pulled in a million directions at one time. But... We have to find center, and I don't mean left and right center. I mean center with Christ, and yep, yep. It, it, it's a daily thing, is it not? Yeah, it's it's work. It's not for the squeamish. Mm. Um, be, be, doing your responsibility is truly man's work. I mean, sometimes you think, I can't build a house, or I can't fix a car, or, or maybe you're not good with your hands, but you have a skill, you have a position in your household to be the head of it, to lead, to be strong to be truthful to be honest to be strong that takes some power that doesn't come from muscles yeah yeah because i don't have none of them (laughs) (laughs) my 13 year old son looks like a man i look like a kid i'm like how'd that happen (laughs) i know right it's crazy and your boy oh my goodness looks like chuck norris with his shirt off or something i I know right (laughs) (laughs) i'm just trying to get one ab yeah 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 i don't i don't know ken it's you know the whole premise, the whole the whole call that I he, I feel with this ministry, this podcast, getting out here and talking to guys, is to encourage them. It's so easy for me to sit back and say, "Oh man, it's you know you just got to read your Bible, you just got to pray, you just got to try your best to be the best husband you can be." Man, you you got to really put in your kids. And these guys are out working sixty, eighty hours a week trying to make a living. The last thing in the world they're thinking about is just having time to sit down and talk to their kid, to have time to sit down and and spend time with their wife. So. If we had to tell them anything, what what would be the where would you start right now to make a change if you were out there living this crazy life, knowing that your family needs you, knowing that the faith needs you, the church needs you? Uh, I'm not asking you to serve on a board at the church. I'm just asking you to help grow the faith. 
realize that you can't delegate your responsibility. It's you. Mm. It's all up to you, man. Be responsible. Be responsible for your children, for your wife, for your house. That's step number one. You know, Never quit. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Keep moving forward. Yeah. I, I've told people, it, it's my opinion. They worry about all that's going on in Washington, in their state capitals. And I said, you know what? If we could fix our homes. If there you we, go. If we could get our houses fixed, we could fix our churches. If we could fix our churches, we could fix our community. If we could fix our community, we could fix our state. If we could fix our state, we could heal the nation. And if we healed the nation, we could fix the world. Spoken like a true man. Never quit. If you stumble, get back up. What happened yesterday doesn't matter. Mm. Today's another day. So get back up, get back on track, and move closer to the dreams and the goals that you have for yourself and your family. Just get on board and do it. Some good words there, bro. What's going on with you right now, Ken? If people are listening, they may be, uh, they may be wanting some prayer. Maybe, maybe they're interested in if they, if they could pray for you and what, what you've got going on. Oh man, that'd be that's really nice. Um I am working on building an online ministry. I have a, a prayer line that I do every Wednesday night at nine PM Eastern Standard Time and they can join me there. Check it out online at Blanchardchapel.us and there's a number that you can find once you get there. I am just trying to do what God has gifted me to do. Um I'm really loving this podcasting thing. I'm trying to make it my full time job. I am working toward getting on television on the outdoor channel. And I'm waiting for a call back now that I've gone and uh, did my little, what you call it, interview and uh, audition. So now I'm just waiting for that. So pray for me to stay on course, to not uh, get frustrated if it doesn't come as fast as I want to, and to, um, to stay the man my family needs. There you go. I've enjoyed having you on again, brother. Thank you so much. Thank you, bro. Thanks again, Ken. Man, I'm just stoked to have had him on the program. I mean, really, he is my brother from another mother. We got to hang out at a podcast convention a few months back down in Orlando, Florida. Just just love being around the man. I'm telling you, it's just something about him. I think you can pick it up from the call there. He's special. And if you want more information on Ken, visit our website, modernchristianmen.com. Check out the show notes for the latest program. It'll be there as well as our past episodes, as well as any social linking you'd like to do, uh, how to subscribe, where to subscribe, all those things. Maybe some share buttons if you want to push this thing around and put it in front of your church buddies. Maybe somebody you work with that is just not feeling what they're getting at church. Maybe they need an alternative We're not trying to be a church. We want to be here to encourage the body, most especially the men in the body, as we grow grow this kingdom thing out, right? So I'm going to stop. I'll be back in just a couple of weeks to share with you another great episode of Modern Christian Men. Until then, thank you so much again for listening, for sharing the program, and and most especially just praying for us, man. We really appreciate the encouragement and all, all the great stuff that we're getting from you regarding what we're doing here. God bless every one of you, and I'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to the Modern Christian Men podcast. You can find us online at modernchristianmen.com.